take to be like Jesus? Well, that's a broad subject. That's the title of the message tonight, but it's a broad subject. I'm going to focus in on an area, an area that always has is, is knocked my socks off in the Bible, Matthew 5, 44-47. There's just always knocked my socks off of Jesus' words there. What does it mean to be a child of your Father in heaven? Or to be like Jesus. This is the goal that God has for you. He wants you to be like Christ, to be like Jesus. Romans 8.29 maybe says as clear as anywhere, for whom he did foreknow, then he also did predestinate for what? To be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. God wants me to be like Jesus. And boy, that is a job. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he hath made him, as Jesus, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, he didn't know sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. To be like Jesus means that he's going to take his righteousness and give it to you. And he took your sin and gave it to Christ. And so we're going to have the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ, or you're not going to get it. That's the only way you're going. You're not going to get it through Muhammad or Buddha or any of these other ways. You're not going to get it. There's no other way. There's only one Son of the living God, Jesus Christ. In the beginning, this was God's intention. I say the beginning, meaning the very beginning of the creation, Adam and Eve. It was God's intention and his plan that Adam and Eve would be just like him, if I may say it this way, be made in his image. Genesis 1, 26, 27, saying, God said, let us, and I... A little side note for the trinity or triunity of God. God is revealed to us in three names, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Three persons, they call it. It is a mystery that I don't think can be humanly explained. And that's why people struggle with it so much. Theology and theologians struggle with trying to define it because they're trying to put their mind around something that probably is not Able to be grasped by the human mind. You say, oh, is there some things not able to be grasped by the human mind? Lots of things. Lots of things. If you can figure out how God can take a squirrel 6,000 years ago, make a pair of them, and they're still here, <clears throat> reproducing, feeding themselves, feeding their young, making young, and things that eat squirrels, and then make things that eat squirrels, but not eat too many of them, but eat just enough of them to keep the population from eating all the peanuts in the world. 
and how he can make a mosquito. That mosquito's got a, man, it's got to have a small brain. But that mosquito is so smart, can smell carbon dioxide and trace it and in a wind. It has little bitty wings, you know, a little bit of wind, man. They, but they'll struggle through the breeze and they'll find you. Find you. Or a spider who dwells in king's palaces. And just on and on and on it goes. This God that we serve is not knowable by the human mind in totality. Uh, he's, he's beyond us. But he says, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Now, the Joe Witnesses want to say he was talking to the angels and stuff. He wasn't. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. When I dove for 30 years, I spent over 5,000 hours under the water, and I can tell you, I thank God for the fact that we have dominion over the fish of the sea. One time I lost a spearhead in the sand inside the reef outside Marquesas. And I was under by the reef in about 30 feet of water. It was crystal clear that day. And I was looking for my spear tip. And I, I, my brother was up about the ceiling, about where the ceiling would be. And I looked up to him. And I could see in his mask, his eyes were all white. Now, here's how you get all white. When you go like this. His eyes were big like that. And he was looking not quite at me, but about over here. So I took my head and went like that, just in time to see a hammerhead go by me that could almost touch his eye. His eye was that big around. His head was over five feet wide. His dorsal fin went up. It looked like eight, nine feet. And we estimated, because we we're in the carpet business for many years, we estimated him to be at least 20 to 22, 23 feet. They get that big. And that old boy swam right by me. And I was glad that I had dominion over the fish of the sea. Basically what God did is he put the fear of all those animals. They fear you. They don't know why they fear you, but they fear you because they don't have to fear you. Trust me, you wouldn't get in the ocean if the animals didn't fear you. Because they didn't fear you, they'd want to eat you. But they don't. They look at you of all the horrible things... They look at you and they're scared of you. I've, I've had sharks come around me and we, we swim. The best, the best defense on sharks get aggressive. And you just go at him. And he'll just, it's just, it's, it backs off. And here he can eat you easy. Same thing with barracuda. All that kind of stuff. Boy, I suppose I ruined you for diving now. But anyway. <clears throat> so God created man in his own image. And in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Colossians, New Testament, 3.10. And I put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Both, in, both Old Testament and New Testament tells us God's goal is that we're like him. That we're like him. Now does it make sense, and maybe it made sense to you before, but why does it make sense where he says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world? The world's anti-God. The pride of life is anti-God. The lust of the flesh is anti-God. The lust of the eye is anti-God. 
He said, don't, don't love those things. Don't, don't be like it, because that's not who I am. And if you're my child, I want you to be like me. It makes sense, because, by the way, all those things will be destroyed. The lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life are going to be all destroyed and relegated to a place called hell, lake of fire, so that they don't spread and destroy anymore. And you don't want to be associated with those things so that you become partakers of that. And so we come to Christ and we get saved. He puts the Holy Spirit in us as a seed of God in us. We become children of the living God. And it's called children of God. And it's amazing. It's not explainable. I mean, in fullness, but we know what happens. Um, it's harder... The image of God is too big for me to understand completely. But we do know that it is uh, the fullness of God and his ways that God wants for us. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 9 says, For as the heavens are high above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Jesus, in our text, which I haven't read yet, in our text, he defines a way to be like God. And if you would take your Bible, Matthew chapter 5, verse 44 through 47. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you. Nobody likes to be used. And persecute you. Why? The next verse. That ye may be the children of your Father, which is in heaven. Why? Because he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans. Now that was the worst sinner they knew about. The publicans do the same. You butter my bread, I butter yours. You scratch my back, I scratch yours. That's the world. The world does that. He said, you're not going to be like them. You're going to be better than them, different than them, radically, radically different than them. And if you salute your brethren only, you only say hi to your people that are of one like precious faith or whatever, one mind. Uh, what do you more than others? They're not even the public and so. This verse has always been always been a powerful verse. We have been given a ministry as the children of God. It is called the ministry of reconciliation. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 through 20, and I'll be back to our text in a minute. It says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. You've heard that over and over. But you haven't heard the verses following it much. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself. How do you do that? 
by Jesus Christ, and hath given us and given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, he's talking to you tonight, not just the preachers, not just to evangelists, not just to, you know, people out there preaching and teaching the Bible. He says, if you've been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, have you been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ? The only way you're ever going to get right with God and ever going to get reconciled with God is through Jesus Christ. He sent his only begotten son to take your place, to pay for your sins. If you reject that method, there is no other method. So he says, God reconciled himself really to the whole world through Jesus Christ because Christ paid for the sins of the entire world, even to them that believe, all of those, especially to them that believe, I should say, it says Timothy, and everybody that ever took a breath sin has been paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. So God now is reconciled to the sinner. But there's one more step. The sinner has to get reconciled to God. Because let's face it, people don't like God. All right. And so we as born-again believers now have been given a ministry. What ministry do you have? The ministry of reconciliation. When you give, when you tell somebody they're, uh, they're, they're not, they need to be reconciled with God and they need to trust Christ as their Savior, and you give them the gospel and they get saved, you have helped them be reconciled to God. That's, and that's a ministry that you've done. To wit, it says that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 through 20. That was verse 19. Now, verse 20 tops it off. It's like the cherry on top. Now, when, now then, because of that reconciliation, the ministry of reconciliation, now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though, this, you mentioned this this morning, but you didn't know this was going to come up tonight. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray in Christ's stead, be reconciled unto God. When I go door to door and I knock on a door, God is coming by the house. Now, I'm not God, but I'm his ambassador. And you know this to be true. When a United States ambassador goes someplace, they represent every one of us. They're, they're an ambassador of the United States of America. You touch the ambassador of the United States of America, you touch everybody in the United States, for he represents us, right? We are ambassadors for Christ. We represent the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that also means you touch us, you touch him. So when we come by, and, and this is Paul's word, the word beseech means beg, as though God did beg you by us. We pray you, and Christ said, be reconciled unto God. Oh, my whole adult life really has been spent in going around trying to tell people, be reconciled to God, be reconciled to God through gospel tracts, through spoken word, through preaching, through teaching, through everywhere to help the local church, missionaries, supporting the missionaries. 
every time, talent, and treasure has been given for one reason. What? Reconciliation. So how does this relate to our text? Well, here's how. Jesus said in our text, if we love those who love us, we're no better than the heathen. Is that you agree with that? Okay. So to be like God, we must go way past normal. We must love, we must bless, we must do good, and we must pray for those who persecute us, those who hate us, those who curse us, and who are be considered our enemies. We must not just love those who love us, because if that's all you're doing, you're not doing a bit more than the heathen does, because they love those who love them. So how do we at Gospel Baptist Church, how do we seek to be like our Father which is in heaven, children, if I may say, of, of your Father which is in heaven? Well, first of all, we make an effort and try to love those who do not love us. How do we do that? We seek the lost, in most cases, who could care less about us and even have hard feelings towards us, though they don't know us, they don't have to. And we try to tell them that God has reconciled himself to the world and he wants them to be saved. They can be reconciled through God, to God through Christ. How do we do that? The bus ministry. We go into neighborhoods that we're really not very welcome in, I'll be honest. I was, I was in the bus ministry for 12 years. I know the bus ministry. Uh, you're not welcome in a lot of those places you go. A lot of them doors you knock on, they don't want you there. Get out of here. But I love them. So I go back, or I hit it again, or I stop it. I don't give up. I don't take their word for it. I say, here we got the 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 door to door ministry, the nursing home, the track ministry, school ministry, the benevolence ministry, the internet ministry, missions ministry, positive rumor ministry, invitation ministry to church, which is a brand new one, the Spanish ministry, the RU ministry, the JO ministry through Rock of Ages, the Iwana Club ministry, the junior church ministry, the Sunday school ministry, youth group, uh, the war, you name it. All of those efforts are because we are trying to be like our Father, which is in heaven. We're trying to love those who do not love us. We're trying to bless those who many times curse us. We're trying to do good to those who, do, who despitefully use us and things. So, so if we love them which just love us, what reward have we? We don't have any reward. But if we love the unlovely, we literally bless those who curse us. We're constantly rejected in these ministries, but we just keep on. We regularly have setbacks. The bus ministry was up to 200, probably a high day, 250. We were running 200 for quite a while, 180, 170, 160, but we're at 82 now. But, of course, I remember when we used to have 15 and 10 and 20 and 15. I never thought we'd get any more than that. And so it went up. So it's gone up, it's gone down. It's gone up, it's gone down. Ministries do that. We're not going to quit. We keep it up. We reorganize, reevaluate, and reattack the neighborhoods. Because the cause is just as vital today as it was 40 years ago when we started. This is our 40th year. 
The lost are just as lost today as when we started 40 years ago. A gospel. The cause. Is there not a cause? There is. There is. We have setbacks. We keep going. We just keep blessing those who wish that we would die a slow, miserable death. We do good to them that hate us. You say, Brother Bill, do people hate us? If you don't know this, what I'm saying tonight, you need to come with me. When we start door-to-door back up in October, you need to make sure you come with me and never miss, and you'll learn this. Uh, Start passing tracks out. Start doing these things, and you'll see what I'm talking about. I remember I went to this door one day uh, at a house. They didn't seem to be home, so I went along the side of the house, and a guy on a screen, I'm not on his property now, but he comes up to his side of his screen, which is real. These houses are pretty close together. Get out of here. We don't want your kind in here. My kind. I said, what are you talking about? I'm not on your property, sir. I'm over here on the side property. We want to go around the back. There was a door in the back. I, was, I thought maybe the people out back, I was going to go back there and say, hey, you know, we're gospel, right? I mean, the guy got hostile, hostile. And pretty soon I realized that I wasn't talking to a human being. You can say what you want. I believe I was talking to a spirit in the spirit world there through that guy. He said stuff that only, first of all, he couldn't even know. And how you've, you've always tormented us. Us, tormented us, us. Why? Because my name is Legion and we are many. I thought, tormented us? And what my answer was, I said, yes, and it's going to get worse. I was thinking of, I was thinking of tormenting when he gets cast into the lake of fire. And I'm called police. I said, call them. Do whatever you got to do. Now, if he whipped the gun out, I'd probably start running a little bit, but nevertheless. But before I started running, I'd probably kick the guy who was with me in the knee, so he couldn't run. It reminded me of a guy that told that I shouldn't even tell this, probably, that was up in Alaska. You know, bears eat people. When we were up there, they ate two people. And they're constantly eating people up there. And uh, this guy went this guy went out with his wife, and he and his wife were out hiking, and and, uh, and so I asked him, what kind of gun you guys? He got a 22 caliber. 22 caliber, 22 caliber, won't even, t- won't even touch a grizzly bear. He said, I don't need that. I just shoot my wife in the knee and I can outrun her. And I had to get that out. We're rejected. We're cussed once in a while. Let me ask you a question. What better good could we do people than to tell them Jesus loves them and died for them? What better good could I do somebody and say, Jesus paid the price for your sins so that you can be reconciled to God? I have the ministry of reconciliation. That's our ministry. And that's what we do. We go around preaching the ministry of reconciliation. That's Man, if that isn't doing good to people, if that isn't blessing people, 
If that's, and we pray for him, by the way. We pray that God's power would come upon us. The Spirit would help them. It's doing good without appreciation, without recognition, without any accolades of any form or any reward. The bus ministry pays to go pick them kids up and drop them off. Pays for the stuff that's given away. Pays for the buses, the repairs on the buses. Uh, we just had a repair on one of the buses, five grand. A cheap repair on a bus, two grand. Tires on a bus, I think I'm right, brother, 600 bucks a pop, right? 600 bucks a pop. You know, they got one, two, three, four, five, six tires on those buses at $600. You figure it out. It's your money. And but we're spending it wise as brother Stewart keeps them things going. Uh, man, I mean, we're you know, we try to get them as cheap as we can, make it happen. But the truth is, it's not cheap. But we believe the soul is worth the price. Yeah. We pray for them that despitefully use us and persecute us. We have no prejudice. We don't have a prejudice bone in our body. A born-again, reconciled Christian does not see color. All we see is a soul lost and undone without God or His Son. That's what we see. Maybe red, yellow, black, or white. They're all precious in His sight. They all need to be saved. Amen. We're not prejudiced. Why? Because we used to be like them. Thank God for somebody telling my dad about Jesus, which in turn told me about Jesus, which in turn I told my son about Jesus, which in turn he told his kids about Jesus. Thank God for people who go around. Brother, Brother Crab was saved in the bus ministry. A guy cared about him and sought him out. And because of that, he pastored some 42 years or so. Hundreds and hundreds, probably, yeah, if you knew it all, you couldn't believe how many people have been saved through just one person getting saved in the bus ministry. Amen? He just wouldn't believe it. I don't want to know, by the way. Not till then. I like surprises. How many people have been saved on passing tracks out? Well, if one got saved in a lifetime, it would be worth it. But even if none got saved, I've done what God told me to do. But let me tell you, People have gotten saved through gospel tracts. Books have been written on the testimonies of gospel tracts. My wife was deeply influenced through her salvation through gospel tracts. I've heard them through the years. People have come here. Did Rasmussen say something about that? Gospel tracts. I wasn't here for that. But anyway, how are we like Jesus? Well, how do you pass the test of this text? How do you pass it? Well, I hope you don't quit if you get offended. Don't quit. I, I've had all kinds of crazy stuff happen uh, in the local church, outside of the local church, through the local church. But, brother, I'm, you're not going to sour me on the local church. You are not going to force old Billy to quit on the local church because of, of, of bad people, of bad leadership, of bad decision-making, because we're just going to correct it, we're going to shake ourselves, and we're going to move on for Jesus by the grace of God. Jesus never failed. He's never disappointed me. 
Do we pull back if we're challenged? No, we go forward. If Hillary had been elected, we'd probably, I'd probably already be in jail. Because they would have, they would have legislated a, a law against hate speech, and their definition of hate speech would have been speaking ill of like homosexuals. And I would have to, my first sermon after that law came out would have to be the homosexuality is an abomination to God Almighty. He hates it. Because that'd be what the Bible said. And then they could bring their people in here, record it on their phone, go to court and say, Woo, that preacher's a hate preacher, hate speech. They'll take your property. And, and it, But we'd be in high cotton if that happened. Because then we would be suffering like our forefathers had to suffer. I don't want it. But if it ever happens, don't go, oh, oh. No, man, you're in high cotton. We don't stop if we're crossed. We don't resign if we're disagreed with. We just keep loving those who are unlovely. May I stop here and say this? This is simply the best marriage advice you've ever received. You don't have to lay on a sofa and pay 110 bucks an hour for some yahoo to write down your life story and tell you it was your mom and dad's fault. That's circumstantial psychology, and it's horrible. If Jesus said to love those, love your enemies, and to bless them, curse you, do good to them, and hate you, and pray for them, spitefully use you, and persecute you, how much more should you treat your wife right? How much more should you treat your husband right? But he was, but he was angry at me. If Jesus said, treat the heathen who don't know you and hate you and love them by the grace of God, how much more should husbands love their wives and wives love their husbands that are born again? Amen? And I've seen husbands do dirty stuff and wives do dirty stuff. Boy, that's good marriage counseling. One day that dawned on me. I was going through that passage and was like, bing, 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 bing. And then I forgave Kathy all the stuff. For if you love them that love you, what reward have ye? That not even the publicans do the same. And I like verse 48, which I didn't read, by the way. I only read verse 47. But really the cap of it, in the last verse of the chapter, is verse 48, it says, Be therefore perfect, even as your Father which in heaven is perfect. Now the word perfect means to be, in, in a way it means perfect. The translation's right. But perfect, sometimes we, we, take, we emphasize the, the flawlessness about it. But it really means to be total and complete. To be complete. He says, be complete as your Father in heaven is. And going back to that same statement about having the image of God. He wants you and he wants me to be like him. And, to be, and it's so foreign. It's so strange. It's so diametrically opposed to what this world says is right and what this world says we should do. That's why you can't get help very much from what the world has to offer. I get real stressed when, when people come to me and say they're going to 
marriage counseling, but it's world marriage counseling. Stop. Stop. You need the Bible. You need Jesus. He'll make peace. Peace. Like a river. Will attend your soul. You know, I'm not, I'm not naturally a peacemaker. I am naturally a fighter. And so to be married to me is not being married to the most peaceable guy you ever walked around. And so I've had to learn, and I've had to ask Jesus to make me like him, sweet. And my wife has had to learn to love them, do good to them, him, bless him, and pray for him. As I've grown in the Lord and we've grown together. And by the way, we're not finished yet. It's not over yet. It's not over. I will say this. My wife and I get along so good, it, something, something, it ought to be illegal. We do get along so good, at least from my side. See, this is the deal about men. People will come into my office and say, my wife, my wife left me. And I go, what do you mean your wife left me? My wife left me, man. She picked up everything, took the light bulb, toilet paper, everything, gone. I came home from a job. There was nothing left. I mean, they took the Christmas tree, drug it out. I saw where they drug the Christmas tree out and loaded it in the car. These are real stories. Yeah, I'm not. You can't make this stuff up. And the guy's like, "I didn't know there was anything wrong." That's us. We we think we're happy. We come in like a dog. We're wagging our tail. You give us a biscuit, we're good. Women, however, are very complicated. Very deep, multi-layered, multi-directional, and not, for me, easy to be understood. If you ever understand a woman, write a book. It'll sell. And so, I just know from my side, everything's wonderful at our house. Now, she may leave me tomorrow, but if that's true then I, I have just been like the rest of the men that came by me. I said, I, I was happy. Yeah, well, she was miserable. That's why it's so important to make sure your wife is right with God. Because you got to do a lot of forgiving, a lot of reconciliation, a lot of, a lot of peacemaking, and making it home. May the Lord help us to be like Jesus. We need to be in his image. And so if you're tempted to get bitter at somebody, stop. Somebody at church offends you, says somebody does something, stop. Forgive them. Let it go down the road. Let it go. Let it go. Just let it go. And be like your father, which is in heaven, who for sure has forgiven us. Father, thank you tonight for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for your instruction to us on a day-by-day -day basis. I thank you that you have had mercy on us. We pray for just uh, the understanding by the blessed Holy Spirit 
There could be somebody in this room that maybe having they're in a marital crisis right at this moment. May Father, they find the solution. May Father, help us to not get weary in well doing, not to faint not, as Brother Brother Crab said. Help us to be renewed day by day. Help us to realize that people are still just as lost today as they were when we got started. And we need to be out and about with our ministry of reconciliation. Forgive us where we've shut our mouth when we should have spoken. Forgive us when we we pulled back when we should have went forward. Help us to be more all over it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.